for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Sorry I missed y'all on Sunday. Just extenuating circumstances prevented me from getting a podcast out on Sunday. But, you know, we're back. It's Tuesday. We're back at our regularly scheduled time. And if you've been following us on social media, we're trying some new content strategies and releasing different types of stuff. So let us know if you're enjoying that. But... In the meantime, we have a very special guest with us here today on the podcast. We have Sarah J. How's it going today, Sarah? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. It's uh, it's Tuesday evening. We're starting to stay or we're cooling down here in Texas and I'm enjoying it. So, yeah, uh, but sure. we were just talking about that before we jumped on here. It's not going to stay cool for long. So, no, <laughs> it's it's just kind of one of those things. But anyways, um. First off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on here. I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you, uh, having had the opportunity to kind of chat with you briefly through text over the last week or two. Yeah. It's been really cool, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to sit down and get to know more about you. Uh, Absolutely. For anybody that's kind of meeting you for the first time, any of our listeners, uh, kind of take this opportunity to uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Oh, gosh. Isn't that a loaded intro? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm joking with you. Well, like you said, my name is Sarah J. I am 20 years old. I live in Nashville. I'm a singer-songwriter, and I am originally from Huntsville, Alabama, the rocket city of the Southeast, and um, loved growing up there, and that's where I actually started my music career. So I started singing and we could go more into this later, yep. but my dad had a rule um, that I had to be 18 before I could start playing live shows and because um, he's a musician as well. And uh, I broke that rule and played my first gig the week before I turned 18. So I was 17. And um, I uh, will never never let that down that I got away with that. So it's, it's a story within our family. But um, I played my first show then, um, solo contemporary show. I grew up performing, but that was my first solo contemporary show at a, at a like casual brewery um, restaurant place. And everything has really, really snowballed since then. Um, and I always say, like, I'm the luckiest person in the world because not everybody gets all the opportunities that have come along. <laughs> um since I've started my musical, or at least contemporary musical journey. So um, yeah, and I moved to Nashville two years ago. I go to Belmont, I'm actually studying medicine. So uh, <laughs> double duty on, um, yeah, everything. So I study um, occupational therapy and exercise science. And I, that's my day life is yeah. science and, you know, studying human anatomy and everything like that. And my nightlife, I leave and black dress and go sing uh, fine dining restaurants and private events. And um, I really, really enjoy it because it's kind of a great um, outlet because I do use up a lot of my daytime studying and being mm -hmm. serious. And um, music is a, just in a, my outlet for sure. And it really um, has gotten me through a lot. And I've been fortunate enough to uh, get into kind of the niche scene of jazz, R&B, pop soul kind of, um, yeah, kind of 
this scene in Nashville that isn't as, um, I, I wouldn't say prominent, but it's not what Nashville's known for. Obviously, we're, we're you know, country, country music. So, um, but I've gotten into this niche and it's been great. And I have several residencies here at fine dining restaurants and do a lot of private events. And um, I travel back to Huntsville quite often, like I would say once a month to do shows there. And yeah, I just, um, I would like to say that I have a great um work as in school and life as in music balance. Um, so yeah, I really, really um, enjoy what I do in both aspects of my life, but music is definitely um, the biggest passion that I have in my life. So that's kind of where I am right now. And um, yeah, so playing shows a lot. I have some music released, new music coming soon. And yeah, that's basically it. Awesome. That's cool. I've driven, I dri I've driven through Huntsville several times you know because yeah. i going from texas to my fan or my sister lives in central north central indiana i'm gonna call it north central nobody oh, ever gotcha. calls it north central indiana but mm -hmm. uh, and then my dad lives in south florida so going through yeah. alabama and huntsville sometimes it's the only way to get there so yeah um, sure. but you know and so huntsville's cool i definitely want to spend more than a gas stop there yeah yeah absolutely. um yeah. Huntsville yeah I think Huntsville um has really in the last few years really expanded and um, of course I, I I moved for many different reasons but um Huntsville still has very open arms for me with mm -hmm. the music scene there as well so you know that's kind of where everything started. So I have a huge respect for Huntsville as well. And I still love going to play there. So yeah, but we've really grown Huntsville um, has a new amphitheater now some really cool like restaurants and even just like three years ago, just that wasn't a thing. So yeah, Huntsville is a cool place. Um, it's not Nashville, I'll say that but Huntsville is was an amazing place to grow up. I think it's very safe. And um yeah, lots of smart people live there. Obviously, we have NASA and we have mm. Redstone Arsenal. So, yeah, I loved Huntsville um, and I still do. But, yeah, they're just different, you know, different vibes. Huntsville is yeah. totally different than Nashville. Nashville is totally different than Huntsville. But, yeah, you should definitely get, go to the amphitheater now, see a show. Yeah, I, I will definitely. Next time I drive through Alabama and <laughs> Huntsville happens to be on the way, it'll I'll make it happen. Definitely. Uh, but, anyways, so... You, you grew up in Huntsville. At what point, where does kind of music enter your life? Was it something that was always there, always there, or did it kind of come in a little bit later in life? Where did music kind of enter? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I was very lucky just from the start. I My dad started singing. He was a lead singer and acoustic guitar player for a band that's been around in Huntsville for over 16 years now. They formed when I was three years old, I want to say three or four. And so I basically was singing from the moment I could physically sing, probably since I was two years old. I, I always felt like I had music in me and my whole, like my entire dad's side of the family is very musical. My grandfather, my, obviously my dad, um, my great grandmother, um, all of my dad's cousins on that side. So, uh, we have a lot of musicians, music teachers, like my dad, um, he has a day job, but obviously he's a musician as well. So I grew up just like surrounded by music. So <laughs> I didn't really have a choice if I was going to be musical or not. It was kind of just in me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think like, it's like sort of like an innate thing. Like certain, I, I believe that certain people,
people are born to be musicians, just like certain people are born athletically and they're born to play sports. Um, because you can train in certain ways, of course, but I think there's the standout ones that are born with it, with this like innate um, kind of these features and like, you know, just the, the electricity that goes with it. So yeah, I've always loved music. Um, I always say I started singing right when I could get words out of my mouth pretty much, but um, yeah. So started obviously was surrounded by it like my whole life. And then um, I started doing musical theater when I was around, I think I was seven. Mm -hmm. And I was a figure skater for a lot of my life too, a lot of my childhood. And um, so I got this connection somehow of being a, a rollerblader in a musical. <laughs> and that was like the start of my like musical performance journey, I would say. Um, so I was in the musical Annie as an ice skater, and I ended up starting private lessons with um, a wonderful, wonderful lady named Luz Lodrolano, who teaches private voice in um, Huntsville, where I'm from. And she's like family now. I grew up newer, started when I was seven and didn't leave her until I graduated high school and moved here for college. So I've known her more than I've not known her <laughs> in my yeah. lifetime, I would say. So, um, yeah, she's amazing. And um, she obviously is a musical theater um, producer, but she also does opera. And she actually went to school for classical music. And she oh, wow. really... Um, for me specifically, we honed in on classical music because it's just a really good, I like to use the analogy, classical music is such a good foundation yeah. for contemporary music. It's kind of like how NFL players, they can't just go play a game, they yeah. have to hit the weights. So I think classical is like that weight training, just a yeah. really good, strong foundation. So, and I will thank her forever for, you know, even though it wasn't my favorite thing in the world, it was, um, you know, it was worth it for sure. Mm. So um, anyway, so I did that and um, started doing opera and I started doing all of these like evaluations and stuff like that throughout my life. And then I did choir, obviously, in school. So very, very involved with music just in my whole life growing up. Like I played sports and like I said, I was a figure skater. I played softball, but those always felt more like jobs to mm. me, if that makes sense. Whereas music was like, it was my like release. It was mm. my, you know, I don't want to say vice because it's not negative in its connotation, but it was like, I always looked forward to music. It never felt mm. like, even if I was learning, I was so interested to learn it. I, it didn't feel like a job at all. And that's how I feel with playing shows now. It doesn't feel like a job. Like, yes, we're getting paid, but you know, you're getting paid to do something you love. So I'm very, yeah. like I said, very lucky for that. But yeah, music has most definitely always been around. And um, I'm just so incredibly lucky that I've known the people I've known and met the people I know now that have kind of shaped me into the performer and artist and even yeah. person that I am today. So yeah. A long yeah. story long to answer your question, music has always been around. <laughs> it's all, all good. Um, so you, you kind of got introduced by your uh, by your dad, and then yeah. you started doing um, like being classically trained and whatnot. So is it fair to say that you were doing like a lot of you weren't doing a lot of your own original music, or was that always 
Yeah. No, yeah, that's very fair to say. Um, I so backtrack. I sang, started doing voice lessons since mm -hmm. I was seven, but I started doing piano. I would say I was a late bloomer with piano. I didn't start playing piano until I was eleven, and you know most people start like when they're four or five. Mm -hmm. So you know a lot. It's kind of like a rite of passage. A passage, and then people don't you know stick with it. But I was a late bloomer to piano and um because you know I love to sing but I was like I always felt like uh, I could play instruments and my dad gave me a guitar on my 11th birthday so guitar is actually my first instrument that I learned but I picked up a piano one one night in December and um I sat down and I picked out a piece by ear and um I was even playing chords by ear. <laughs> so uh, my parents quickly realized that, you know, I could excel in that too. So I started doing um, private lessons as well for piano. And um, yeah, so uh, did that kind of at home just for fun. And I wrote my first song when I was like 12 or 13, just sitting at the piano, you know, singing about boys I had crushes on and friends that made me mad and stuff like that, which is technically still what we write about today, just in a more mature way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so original music was always there, like in my like, you know, off time at home, but no, like with, with private lessons and stuff like that, it was always classical or choir or musical theater. My original stuff didn't really start blooming until later in my high school years, which mm -hmm. is also when I started playing my contemporary shows. Um, so I would say, like I said, I started writing at like 12, but mm -hmm. I really started focusing on some original stuff when I was 15 or 16, um, and thinking like, oh, maybe I actually could go like record and release some stuff. You know, it's kind of an idea. Yeah. Um, but all of the shows that I play are, um, mostly cover, cover yeah. shows you know fine dining restaurants you I play a lot of like 70s stuff and uh, yeah I really really enjoy that um so I don't perform my original music as much as I would like to um I do rounds a lot and I love rounds I think that's a great way to get your your music out in an environment where people are there to listen because mm -hmm. um, it's sometimes hard to do your original music in environments where people are there to enjoy the music but they're not there to be in a listening List. if that yeah. makes sense um, yep. Like you are the show, but they're going to be a dinner. They're going to be chatting. So, you know, if the vibe is right, of course, but it's not yeah. always every show that you're going to have that opportunity. So, but yeah, so original stuff, like I said, really came into play at like 15 or 16, but I started writing at 12. Okay. That's yeah. cool. It's, and so the, when you were writing your original stuff, was it primarily on the guitar or? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, great question. So it's funny because my first instrument was the guitar because my dad plays the, the guitar. So he bought yeah. me one so he could teach me. And I still play guitar to this day and um, write songs on the guitar. But my main instrument has turned out to be the piano. Mm -hmm. I just very drawn to it. Obviously, you can see my piano <laughs> behind me. Um, I'm very drawn to the piano. Um, I think it just has a sort of body that... Mm -hmm. um, you know, because you have your left hand and your right hand, and you have bass and treble, and just very, um, it can sound very full uh, mm -hmm. just as one instrument, which I think really drew, like drew me towards the instrument. Um, so my first song I wrote, I believe, was on the piano. My mm -hmm. mom had probably has a video of it somewhere. 
<laughs> deep in the archives. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was the first um, song that I wrote was probably on the piano. And then mm -hmm. I remember writing my first song on the guitar. I know what song it was actually. And I, I think I was 14. Okay. So, um, and it, it, it honestly, since then, it's always flip flopped. So I would okay. say, you know, 60% I write on the piano, 40% I write on the guitar. And like, even just today, I wrote a song and I actually started it on the piano, but I put it onto the guitar because I thought mm -hmm. it sounded better that way. And that happens a lot with my writing um, kind of journeys with songs is I kind of switch between instruments and see which one sounds better. Yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing about being a multi-instrumentalist is you can kind of have that flex or flexibility to kind of mm -hmm. see where the song plays better. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so you'd mentioned in the intro that your dad had a rule that you couldn't play a live show until you were 18. Is do you, had, did you ever find out or ever ask him why that was a thing that he was trying to enforce? Or? Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, he was very transparent about it. Like it wasn't like a strict like you can't do this, no questions yeah. asked. But he was, um, he he started music very late in life. He mm -hmm. was one of those who played baseball like his whole whole life and um, mm -hmm. was more on the athletic side i think because that's what society and like those boys mm. his age were telling him to do you know yeah. being in the choir is not as cool as being a baseball player um even though i would beg to differ that's not what the general you know population believes or would yeah. say especially teenage boys so everybody wants to fit in so you know he did that um he also did choir in high school but he kind of sticked with sports too um, but when he was 18, he started going and uh, watching live music. And then he started playing live music when he was 18. And um, and I really agree, honestly, with his rule, because really for a couple reasons, um, being in a live music scene, you uh, have to grow up and yeah. and you get put in certain situations where if you weren't say 18 or just older in general, you wouldn't be kind of emotionally able to handle some things. You know, mm. being in a local music scene can be rough. People struggle. Um, I witnessed a lot of people um, with drug addictions and uh, mm -hmm. we actually lost a local artist in Huntsville um, from a drug addiction. And I don't think if I was 18 or 19 at that time, I would have been able to kind of look at that as a learn as a lesson. Mm -hmm. I think I would have been kind of just traumatized. Yeah. Um, so I always think I've been able to process things very well. Um, like I study a lot of psychology for my degree and I've always been interested in science. So I think me having that side of it, I've always been able to process things okay, but I definitely understood in those moments why my dad kind of put that rule in place like mm -hmm. I said I did bend it a little bit but it was a week before I turned 18 and you know but yeah so that was kind of his transparency is that you're gonna see a lot of things that a kid doesn't need to see yeah. um uh even though I was I you know kind of I started in restaurants and breweries and I worked my way up to fine dining you know you don't start at fine mm -hmm. dining but I was lucky enough to be able to kind of work my way up there and it just has to do a lot with my genre as well um, and my ambiance, but, um, yeah, no. So even though I am in the fine dining kind of, you know, sector and scene yeah. of music now, I didn't start out that way. And, um, you'd be surprised even in the fine dining scene in the jazz world, there's just a lot of 
things that go on backstage that um, I don't think a kid should have to see. Um, So once I had those experiences, I realized that why he kind of said that. And he went through the same things. You know, he started when he was 18 or so. So, um, yeah, that was kind of something that he was always transparent about. And I also think from another perspective is personally growing up doing voice lessons and doing recitals, doing musical theater, doing evaluations, doing everything you possibly could with music. Um, Sometimes I don't think that you might be a great songwriter and have a beautiful voice at 14, 15, 16. I don't think putting your child um, on a stage that they don't necessarily, that they're not necessarily prepared for is the smartest thing either. Cause that can really increase like stage fright and anxiety um, and things like that. And I've also witnessed that as where, where, where parents are pushing their children so hard and putting them in positions that they don't need to be in um, with people who, you know, are nowhere near their age, that kind of thing. And, you know, even in writer's round situations where, you know, there's just a lot of things. I would even say from 15 to 18, that is such a crucial kind of few years where you learn so much about music and stage presence and performance and kind of how to, you know, present yourself. So those are kind of my two perspectives on why I definitely respect why my dad kind of set that rule in place. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things having been around the music scene for it's like that rule was something that I just never really thought would make sense. Like be having been around the music scene for the last or any music scene for the last 10, uh, 10 years or so, like on a more than just casual time basis. Right. It, it, it's one of those things where it's like that stuff just kind of happens and, mm-hmm. you know, not, and even when I started going hanging around the music scene, I was 25. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I don't at 25, you don't have the perspective of a 17, 16, 17 year old, like, Oh, what is this guy sitting here doing Coke and acting like a jerk? What kind of effect does that have on a young kid? You know? And kids but, are like sponges too. So, yeah. and they're very um, easily influenced. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if they see somebody doing that and they're like, Hey, you should do it kids are much more apt to, you know, actually go for it. And so even at 18, like, I'm not, I'm not even saying that. Like, I think, (laughs) I don't think, you know, everybody's personality is different. And Mm -hmm. I think everybody, you know, has their own challenges, but yeah, kids are sponges and they're so easily influenced. And I just Mm -hmm. think being in a, in a scene, like, like the music scene where you can't Mm -hmm. sugarcoat it. There's just a lot of things that go on in the scene backstage that are not pretty. The show might be pretty, but a lot of things backstage, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. And I don't think after seeing some things that I've seen and, you know, going through some stuff, um, not personally, but just seeing other people go through stuff. I, um, I'm very glad that I experienced it. Not when I was like 15 or 16, I think it would have really changed my perspective on things. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of this, kind of reminds me of a story a buddy of mine told. He's, I think he's like 21 or 22 now, but he's been in a band since he was like 15. Like in a heavy metal, he's been in a heavy metal band since he was like 15. And he remembers like one of the first shows, he told me the story about one of the first shows he ever played with the band. He was 16, they were Mm -hmm. playing at this bar, 
And they're like, all right, your singer, he was the lead singer of this band, 16. Everybody else in the band's like 22, 23. Oh, so he's like very young duckling. Yeah, very. So the the venue's owner's like, all right, you can come in play, you, but you come in five minutes before the set, warm, you know, like whatever you got to do, and then you're out. You know, mm-hmm. like we can't have you walking around in a bar. You're 16. Mm-hmm. We're going to, we're right. going to get in trouble. You're going to get in yeah. trouble. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me the story about after the show, they're all in there drinking and mm-hmm. he's sitting in the tailgate of the van waiting for them to finish while he's sitting there doing his algebra homework because yeah. he's got to go to school in a co- or the next couple of days. Yeah. And I was just like, that's just like a, aesthetically a very funny image. Like you got the lead it singer. Is. It is doing algebra homework while everybody else is inside getting wasted so and that's the thing too is um i mean good for the bar owners honestly because i don't think that happens very often and i think your friend got lucky because usually it's just free reign like if they're in the band they can hang out probably underage drinking would definitely happen but uh, whoever was running that bar definitely did the right thing and i think even though it might have been awkward you know for your friend it's just like and he, and he might have felt not as cool. That's kind of just something you have to do until, you know, you are ready for those things. And even if you are ready for those things, you know, getting wasted every night and alcohol is a whole thing. It's very dehydrating yep. for your vocal cords. Yep. And just, you know, being a singer, alcohol is something you really have to watch out for and, you know, kind of plan accordingly, depending on your show schedule and stuff. And that's kind of, I feel like that's the the downfall to a lot of artists is that substance kind of abuse or usage is such a huge thing in the industry yet it's one of the worst things when we have this tiny tiny instrument that we Mm -hmm. have to keep you know that we have to keep um healthy you know if i if i was a a drummer maybe not um but you know that it still all has consequences so i think it's funny that it's so big in a world where it is so it's very i mean it affects everybody (laughs) but you know what i'm trying to say obviously A very tiny instrument can be affected by the smallest things, even the weather. So, um, but good for your friend for, you know, that's a a rare situation, I would say. Um, I think now, yeah, I think nowadays they have more rules about like, if you're performing and you're underage, like you can perform, but you just have to go, you know, and, you know, stuff like that. Um, But yeah, even back in my dad's day, he went places underage all the time just to watch people perform. And, you know, I mean, there's something kind of cool and, you know, grungy about that. But at the same time, like, you know, if you have a curious personality, it might not always be the best thing. Yeah, very much true. Um, Before we continue on with the podcast, anybody that's uh, watching us live here on Twitch, first off, I want to thank you all very much for tuning in. If you have any questions for Sarah J, feel free to throw them in the uh, chat box. And if you're not a Twitch member, I understand, uh, hit uh, hit us up on Facebook, and I have my Facebook open as well, and I can answer your questions through that. So uh, feel free to chime in with any questions you may have. But anyways, so <clears throat> Sarah J, you, we are just talking about the um, – rule that your dad had in place that you couldn't do live shows until you turned 18 but then you went ahead and did a live show a week before you turned 18 was this something that just kind of happened unintentionally or was it kind of your way to fight back against 
Your dad. <laughs> a rebellious teenager move. Yeah. Um, no, it actually wasn't. It's it's what you said before. It was uh, not planned at all. But I remember I was sitting on my couch at home. It was the year before my or the summer before my senior year. It was in June. Uh, yeah, June of uh, 2020, actually, June of 2020, you know, mm. big COVID year, but this place yeah. was outside venue and, and they were doing music. And um, the uh, owner and booking person texted me and was like, hey, we had a cancellation. Uh, can you, we heard about you, blah, blah, blah. Can you play three hour set? Um, and I was like, I immediately texted back. and was like, yes. <laughs> And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> and so I called my dad very enthusiastically. I was like, hey, 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 hey. So this just happened, you know, you know, very unorganized trying to tell him what just happened. And he was like, that's awesome. And he had a great response. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think it was a very casual, family friendly place. And I would be I was doing solo gig playing piano mm -hmm. and, you know. Very chill. So um had a huge night that night. Um my parents brought basically everybody they knew and all their friends. My parents have a lot of friends in general, so it was yeah. nice to have a crowd. And then also um the place I was playing at is like a very neighborhood place. So we had just a lot of um people walk by and then stay and have a drink or yeah. eat dinner and um ended up having a huge crowd that night and uh, there were a few people who owned other bars and other breweries, and that's how I kind of started rolling the ball with booking. And um, going into that, I thought it was just going to be a hobby. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, I'll play a gig every few months just to, you know, get out my music musical itch. Well, it was my senior year of high school, so I'm like, you know, worried about getting into college and doing all these things and passing my senior year. Um, which I was top like 25% of my class just to pat myself on the back. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I do love school as well. So I, I was able to balance that. But um, it, I ended up being like high school student by day and um, brewery, restaurant, fine dining musician by night. And I would go, I remember like getting off of school on Friday at three, going mm -hmm. and getting ready for shows, getting there at five. And I would play Friday, Saturday, and sometimes Sunday and go right back to school on Monday. <laughs> um, so you were essentially the coolest senior because <laughs> you were going to just moonlight as a, uh, as yeah. a musician. <laughs> hey, whatever you say, I wouldn't say I'm the, I was the coolest. I would say I was the most interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, all of my, like all of my friends in high school, um, honestly, everybody at my school was very supportive mm -hmm. of me and, um, my high school it was it's a very small private school in in Huntsville and my choir teacher um definitely was very encouraging everybody was just you know thought it was super cool that they had this friend who's already you know a local musician and I actually got to play at our civic center that year as well um because of COVID they were doing like a live local musician series and I actually got to play a three-hour show in a concert hall at our uh BBC civic center at Mars Music Hall and that really even ro started rolling the ball even more um so like I said I've just like been so lucky knock on wood just in so many ways in my musical journey um and I'd like to say some of that has to do with, you know, my business skills and being mm -hmm. able to be cordial and I'm, I'm very communicative. And, you know, I think that's very important as a musician because musicians aren't known for their great communication. Um, 
to be frank. I mean, we all yeah. know that we're all thinking it. So, um, but yeah, so I really take pride in ha having good communication and creating good relationships with managers of venues and things like that. So yeah, I'd like to say some of my luck has been because of my hard work and diligence, but a lot of it too is just luck and meeting the right people. And I've, yeah, just very lucky person in general, but yeah, I, um, I, I was a very interesting high schooler. <laughs> yes. Hey, that's cool. Uh, so coming out of high school, uh, was the plan always to go to school in Nashville or did it just kind of work out or? Oh, another, yeah, that's another good question. So, um, I don't know if you've heard of, well, you've been through Alabama, but UAB, um, mm -hmm. University of Alabama at Birmingham, mm -hmm. has a very huge, obviously, medical program. And I always knew I was going medical, um, mm -hmm. kind of regardless, because that's just, I, I really excel in it, and it's a, it's a stable career, and I, I really wanted to get a degree in something that would be stable for me, that that way I could support, you know, monetarily my musical career so um that that's always been my thinking and um i got accepted uh to uab on a full ride um and i was in their like dean's program for like early nursing i was going into nurse anesthesia um and i went to came here to nashville in march of my senior year to record my first album the my ep miss j mm -hmm. and um when it got into the studio it was kind of my that was really my first real studio experience believe it or not and um immediately fell in love i mean i've been in nashville several times growing up because i'm only an hour and a half away from my hometown but yeah. immediately fell in love with the studio and like i just had this moment of like uh-oh it's march and I think I need to move here. And I've already, yeah. I have a full ride to a college that's not here. Um, yeah. So I talked to my parents. I was like, ah, oh, you're going to kill me. But I applied to Belmont and, <laughs> um, and I got in. And yeah, so I got into Belmont um, mm -hmm. also on scholarship. And with Belmont being a private school, it's a little more pricey, but um, yeah. I, also, I'm on scholarship here, and I am also in their accelerated program for now occupational therapy. They just had a, such a good program, and I couldn't really turn it down. Um, occupational therapy is also you can also incorporate uh, musical aspects into occupational therapy. So I was like, yeah. this this might be perfect for me. I didn't even yeah. kind of know what it was until I was told about it. So I'm in their accelerated program for that here, and. But before that, um, my first semester, I was like, I'm going to be a music business major. That really freaked my parents out. Because um, I went from like nurse anesthesia at UAB to music business in Nashville at Belmont. But they let me fly. They let me, they let me go. Yeah. Um, and they put some trust in me. And I did one semester as a music business major and realized that, um, and this is coming completely not from a place of arrogance at all, but I realized mm. that a lot of the things I was learning, I was already doing and I had mm. already been in the scene and, you know, a lot of the things, like I did learn some valuable things, but I was like, I don't think I need a degree in this. I'm already mm. kind of doing it and I, you know, have good relationships and I, if I can keep doing what I'm doing, yeah. I don't want to spend my money on this. Um, yeah. So that's when I learned about the accelerated program for OT and I'm so, so glad that I switched. I'm very, I love science. I um, I really love interacting with people and OT is just a lot of interaction and, you know, patient care and stuff like that. And um, 
I, I just love it. Yeah. Talking to people and taking care of them. I'm an older sister. So I think I have a naturally like nurturing, you know, personality mm-hmm. being, being an old, older sibling to a, to a brother, you kind of become like second mom and we're super close. Um, so yeah, but that was kind of my school journey <laughs> and I freaked my parents out. Um, but I actually, ended up all working out. And so, yeah, now I'm just kind of doing what I'm doing and everything's going great. Um, a lot of my friends are music business just from that first semester. I met so many people. Um, so I stay in the loop and I'm in a lot of like clubs, like musical mm-hmm. clubs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of, that's kind of the journey of college. <laughs> nice. And you're, when are you uh, kind of predicted to, I say predicted to graduate. But. Yeah. Um, so I'm also lucky with school. I um, mm. was a, a bookworm in high school. Um, and I would say that I didn't have a lot of friends in high school for for many reasons. Um, I, I have my close friends that I actually still keep in touch with now, but I wasn't the one who was with everybody on the weekends partying. Well, one, because I was playing music and two, because I was usually studying. <laughs> but um, my senior year, I actually had to just take some filler classes to be able to, like, by the state of Alabama, graduate. Mm-hmm. But um, besides that, I was doing my first year of college, my senior year of high school, um, through a community college doing dual enrollment, um, which is a great program. Dual enrollment is such a lifesaver in many different mm-hmm. ways. Um, but I ended up getting basically my whole first year of college done, or first, I would say all my first year gen eds done. So I will graduate, well, so I <laughs> I have this year left. I um, am technically a sophomore. Um, this is my second year at college, I'm 20, but um, this is my last year of undergrad. And I start oh, nice. OP school in, I'm gonna take a little bit of a gap just because I can, because I'm graduating mm-hmm. a year earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, than everyone else and I'm going to take a little gap and have fun with music before I completely go in hard on OT school and um yeah I'm going to start OT school the fall of 2024 but I'll be done with my undergrad exercise science degree I have this year and then I'll do a summer and then a spring and then I'll be done so yeah um basically I have three and a half semesters left of undergrad, um, which I'm very proud of myself for, because like I said, I'm only 20 and I, I'm, I love school and I think it can be very stressful sometimes, but it really mm-hmm. pays off. Like just, just doing it and getting it done and just putting forth the effort you need to put forth because it, you know, time is money and money is time. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a, I wish I would have put a lot more thought when I went to school, it was just kind of, Oh, what's the easiest thing to, get into what's the easiest thing to get out of and get a degree and I mean like that's so many people and like you don't have like a lot of people are the same way and they still end up being successful so yeah yeah. but no I'm I'm a very uh I'm a big planner so yeah yeah. (laughs) well it was one of those things where I ended up going to a community college to get my associates because I came out of high school and it was just like I have no idea what I want to do. And so I went and And that's a smart idea. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why, you know, go to a a bigger school if you can get your associate's degree and take that time to figure out maybe what you want to do No, And I don't believe that everybody is made for school either. Like I think, I think trade school is amazing. I think 
starting work right after high school is amazing. I mean, some people aren't even made for high school and they become some of the most successful people we know. So school is only for people who want to do school and excel at school. So yeah, I'm a big advocate for not forcing yourself to go to college if that's not for you. Yeah, for sure. I 100% agree. Um, So yeah, last year you released the uh, EP, Miss J. What kind of went into the process with that being kind of your first journey into a studio, recording music? Mm -hmm. What kind of went into that process? It was, I mean, like I said, that that whole kind of experience was what made me want to move here. So it was obviously kind of a monumental moment, but um, mm-hmm. I didn't know I was going to love the studio as much as I do love it. Um, I went to the studio in March and released Miss J in May of 2021. So I went and recorded in March and I did all the songs in three days um, at a studio here in Berry Hill. Nashville and um, work for hire musicians. Amazing. Some have have one Grammy, some are Grammy nominated. All of them were Grammy Grammy nominated. So um, such an amazing experience. And, you know, me being, I don't know, 18, 19 at the time, I was just like, so taken aback by these people's talent and like how they, you know, I grew up doing music theory and, and I actually teach piano now, but um, us being able to speak that language was just so cool being in a studio environment. Um, so yeah, I went to the studio, recorded the EP. I um, was kind of starting from nothing. I had no knowledge of what I was doing. I just recorded and was like, okay, how do I put this out? And I figured out, you know, the best strategy. I started, you know, doing a lot of social media, kind of marketing myself. I do everything myself and um, ended up getting on some really good playlists. And um, I have a good bit of monthly followers, which I'm very grateful for, because I think you know, I always say, even if one person hears my song and they're impacted by it, that's that's my goal. Mm-hmm. But it's really nice to see, you know, um, a larger number of people enjoying my music. So, yeah, I released that album and um, I had so much fun making it, so much fun releasing it, so much fun promoting it. And I have not gotten around to doing any more music until now. Um, yeah. I would say originally recording. I've done tons of shows and that's kind of what has kept me from the studio is my job, um, school and playing shows. But I finally got into the studio um, with uh, Kenny Z, an amazing producer and mm-hmm. engineer and uh, amazing piano player here in Nashville. And um, I had my bandmates come and we recorded um some stuff and yeah so be okay was actually recorded in another studio but with kenny z we are finishing the album with kenny z so um be okay was recorded in berry hill but and that'll be released actually this friday september mm-hmm. 16th 12 a.m eastern time pre-save link i will throw yes. it in the chat right now yes absolutely so um you can pre-save, you know, you can obviously, there's actually a YouTube premiere as well for a stripped version and acoustic version. Um, everything is on my website, so I try to keep it accessible. But yeah, so I went and recorded Be Okay at Berry Hill, and I'm finishing up the album that's going to be, or EP that's going to be connected to, or that's going to include Be Okay mm-hmm. um, with Kenny Z um, here in Nashville. And I just love the studio. Um, i love just like making music and being able to hear it back and kind of just be like wow we just made that you know it's um kind of like when you cook a really good meal you're like yeah that's great (laughs) like everything comes together it's kind of like you know 
I don't know. It's kind of like a math equation. And when you finally figure it out, it's just like the most satisfying thing ever. And um, even I tell my students, I'm like, you might not be good at math, but the actual definition of music is the art of mathematics or, Hmm. you know, so there's a lot that goes into that. And it's very satisfying when you put all of these elements, all of these instruments, all of these different talents together. And it just makes one big, beautiful thing. And um, I think that's why I love the studio, because you can hear it back after you kind of made this really cool thing. And um, yeah, and even I I love like lyrics are really important to me. And I I feel like I said, if even one person hears my song, especially with Be Okay, the one coming out on Friday, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd be happy with that, because I think a lot of people, this song is very relatable. Um, (laughs) I feel like anybody, most everybody has probably been in this situation at least once in their life. Maybe not now, maybe in the future, maybe in the past, but I definitely think it's a relatable song. So yeah, I'm, that's kind of been my journey. I try to get in the studio as much as I can, but you know, I love playing live shows and that's really where my heart is, you know, like, and it's also a job. So, you know, I have to keep that kind of consistently, but I love playing live shows. So the studio, you know, I have to prioritize my shows first. And then when I get into the studio, I get into the studio. So, yeah, yeah, but I'm going to try to definitely do releases every year. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, 2021 was Miss J and this year will be um, Be OK comes out Friday and then a new album probably in October or November. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And how long has Be OK kind of been in the in the works? In the works, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I have a, a large schedule, A, you know, which basically is mm. songs I've written since I started writing. Um, and so I kind of was trying, I wanted, to, I knew I wanted to record. Um, mm-hmm. and not any of my songs were speaking to me at the moment. Not saying that they don't speak to me in general, but I was just like, it's not something I want to put out right now. Um, and I actually wrote this song in the perspective of somebody else that I had kind of been consoling through, um, kind of just a terrible situation that they were going through in life. And, um, I had all this inspiration, you know, but I was like, it's not happening to me. So like, I don't, you know, like, then I was like, well, what if I just like, you know, wrote it in their perspective, like how they are feeling. And, um, I, it took me about 10 minutes to write. And mm-hmm. I just sat down, figured out the chords, and the words just came out. And at those, honestly, I feel like those are my best songs when they just, it just happens and it only mm-hmm. takes five or 10 minutes. Um, I have a lot of songs that I spend a longer time on, which I think they're great as well, but in, in another kind of aspect of like composition, like that usually mm-hmm. is where my piano is more complex, but this song is on, was actually driven by guitar. It's a simple four chord song. And I think the lyrics are really what I, and vocals are what I focused on. And um, mm. obviously people in the studio made the instrumental part very amazing. But um, yeah, I wrote this song in the perspective of somebody else who is kind of just in like a really, really toxic, really toxic situ- situation. And um, I wrote that in March of this year. So March, 2022, mm. was, I was on my spring break. And I was actually in Huntsville and my at my childhood home. And I went into our music room. We have a big music room. It's like that's where I live when I'm at when I'm at my childhood house. Like I'm just in the music room the whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I picked up the guitar and um 
yeah, I just, I wrote that song right then, showed my parents. I was like, hey, I like think I, I got something here. Um, we took the guitar to the beach. We went to the beach for spring break. And um, have you heard of Floribama? It's in, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. So uh, we were there and um, my, my grandfather actually told the girl who was um, the singer that night that I was a singer, which I was like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. But, you know, you know, family will be family. And I, I appreciate and love that they're very encouraging um, about me and they, and they like to promote me. But um, this really kind girl, um, her name is Carly, Carly Rogers, actually let me on the stage and I sang Be Okay and got a great reaction. Um, like I literally had just wrote it three days ago, but I was like, I'll show you guys this new song. And uh, yeah, so then I went to record it and now it is where it, it, where it is now. But um, I really enjoyed writing this song just because it did come out so naturally. Like it was, just, it just kind of, you know, I just vomited everything out. Like it just came out so, so like, I don't want to say fluently because I obviously mm. had to tweak some things, but I had like the vibe, I had the melody. It all just came very quickly. And I think those are some of my favorite songs that I write. Same with, um, uh, I think most all the songs on my old EP mm. too. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited for people to hear this one. Cause like I said, I think it's just very relatable. Cause like, even I was writing it in the perspective of somebody else, but I have definitely been in this situation before too, not in, in its exact con context, but in some ways for sure. I think yeah. there are certain lines that people will pick out that they will relate to more than others. And I think that's the whole point of like, what I like to do as a songwriter is have mm. certain moments in songs that everybody can relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, going through the process of like writing uh, Be Okay and going through the recording process, at what point did you kind of start to realize, okay, this is going to be a part of an EP or did the EP kind of come into fruition? From Be Okay, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I knew I just needed to release something just because like, you know, a lot of my listeners and a lot of like people who come to my my local live shows and just my friends, they were like, we need more music. So I was like, well, this is a great single. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, I, all of the other songs that are going to be in the album that is um, going to include Be Okay from my schedule A. So mm -hmm. um, songs I've already written yeah. um, before I wrote Be Okay. And um, yeah. I, I had all these songs and I was like, I, you know, making, putting them in order is kind of a whole ordeal in and of yeah. itself. You know, I, I am a strong believer that you should listen to an album start, start to end. Um, mm. Because there's a story to be told there. And, and mm. us artists, I feel like most of us put a lot of effort into the order that we put it on the album. So um, I started looking at some songs I had and um, kind of their meaning and just kind of there was this like perfect storyline that I could put together with with these songs. So um uh I will give a spoiler, be okay is the last song. I think mm -hmm. it's just a I mean the lyric is be okay. So I think it's a great kind of ending like consolation to this this EP that's gonna be kind of a um a roller coaster of emotions, I would mm -hmm. say. Yeah. So yeah, I I just think it kind of happened and um yeah i'm in the process of re recording all of them right now i go back to the studio on friday to finish up some stuff but yeah i um 
be okay was the inspiration for the album to answer your question it wasn't an album and then be okay was an afterthought um yeah. not saying the album is an afterthought either but be okay inspired me to want to do yeah. another ep i was going into it planning on just doing a single but i was just very inspired after recording be okay to do another ep yeah because kind of listening to you talk about be okay it was like it made it seem like it was be going in to record be okay, and then the idea for the EP yeah. kind of came afterwards. And so, just trying to figure out at what point did that kind of become the plan versus just doing, just doing, yeah, doing a single, um, mm -hmm. which is cool. You know, it's like in a world where it seems like a lot of music is dominated by singles right now yeah. because you got Spotify mm -hmm. and all that fun stuff. DSPs, um, yeah, they've taken over the world. <laughs> yep. Um, as you're kind of, as you're approaching the release of Be Okay, uh, your first single this year mm -hmm. that you've released, what's going through your mind? How are you feeling at this moment? Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly just super excited. I've done all of my promotion. I've done all of my my work um mm -hmm. still have a few things to post of course but i i work with b squared management who they are amazing they're a team of um all women and um i work with a lot of great people um i have a great team and um i obviously i'm still an indie artist i do most everything for myself but they really help me with like social media and certain things like that and uh, they've been great so far and um yeah so I'm just excited. Like, I don't have any other emotion, honestly. Like, bef I would say bef prior to this week, I had a lot of, like, stress and anxiety mm -hmm. thinking. You know, you always have these doubts of, like, oh, are people going to like it or not? But at the end of the day, you kind of have to get over that and be like, this is my piece of work that I put yep. so much effort and heart into. Like, if one person doesn't like it, it's more likely that 20 other people are going to like it and that one person, you know, forget about them, whatever. Mm. Yeah, you have to do that as an artist because not everybody's going to love you. I mean, and, and that's the reality. And I don't think everybody should love me or love every other artist. Music is subjective for a reason. You know, if we liked all the same artists, that'd be so boring. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I obviously have those regular worries and anxieties. But this week, I mean, it's coming out this week and I'm just excited for people to listen to it. And, you know, we're going to listen to it as a group um, with my roommates and um. I hope to hear from some people in Huntsville. Um, I keep in touch with a lot of people. I have a lot of piano students in Huntsville too. So yeah, um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just excited, and I think nice. like the hard work is like over, and like the stress is over. So this week I'm getting to just kind of like enjoy the ride of like the release. Yeah. Nice, that's cool. I, I no, I can't wait to hear the hear be okay. I'm sure everybody else that's listening and will be listening once we release this out on. Spotify, the podcast yeah. out on Spotify and all that stuff. I'm sure they're really excited. Uh, so the pre anybody that's listening live right now on Twitch, the pre-save link is in the uh, comment thread. And then anybody that's listening to the podcast, post it afterwards. Uh, we will just throw the uh, pre-save link into the, uh, our, the link tree because you have the nice little link tree that makes it super convenient for I everything. Do. I try to make everything accessible. You know, technology's hard. Even, I mean, and I, I, even for people my age, like I'm not very good at technology. I've kind of forced myself to be because I have to, but um, it's not my favorite thing. So I try to make things concise and easy to find. Yep, for sure. And Linktree has made that super easy. Oh my gosh. I love Linktree. I love, I actually love website designing. I, I design my own website and I really enjoy like, 
it's kind of therapeutic, just like yes. making everything look nice and neat and organized. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, it's cool. I, I enjoy all aspects of my job, some more than others, but it's all very enjoyable because it's promoting and doing yeah. something that I love. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so real quick, before we kind of wrap, start wrapping up the podcast, Outside of music, obviously you got school and your free time is very limited. I can only assume. Um, what do you do? <laughs> what What are some hobbies that you do to just kind of escape the pressures of everyday life? To reset, center yourself. You know, what are? Yeah. yeah. Well, I know it's cheating to say songwriting, but that is a huge like. Um, I was talking to my roommate the other day she was like do you meditate and I was like I don't I was like but I feel like my meditation is songwriting because anytime I'm in like a mood or like feel like I need to center myself like you said I mm -hmm. always go to, to to you know write or even if I'm not writing a song just write something down mm -hmm. um, and maybe like revisit it later however besides that I still really enjoy figure skating just for like leisure you know during the holidays Christmas time um, yeah. I was a skater for so much of my life and um it's kind of a huge aspect of like my, my, like, you know, I pastime kind of, uh, and hobbies that I enjoy is, um, definitely figure skating. I still love doing that and going, especially during the holidays. I also love to cook. Um, I cook basically every meal for myself every day. I, I go out, you know, on the weekends and eat out, but, um, I love to cook. I find that also very like therapeutic and, um, yeah, and cooking is very scientific, which I love science. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I love to cook. I um, have a dog. His name is Beamer. He's a huge, yes. like, 90-pound golden doodle, and I absolutely love all dogs. Like, I'm a huge animal, animal like, advocate. Mm -hmm. um, I support a lot of, um, like, shelters and things like that. So I'm big into just animals in general. I am allergic to cats, but I love, love dogs. So... Um, <laughs> So yeah, I um, have a dog. I love him very much. He's actually back at home with my parents right now, but um, he's my dog, and they're t but they're taking good care of him. So um, I trust them with him right now. But yeah, absolutely love dogs, love animals. Um, I love just to go on walks outside. Like mm -hmm. um, I think it's just a great way to kind of feel the earth and um, feel fresh air because being a student, um, you're inside a lot, <laughs> sitting in oh, yeah. classrooms. So I think it's really important. Um, just in a scientific kind of aspect too, like to get vitamin D, but also just to feel, you know, the outside air, yeah. <laughs> some fresh air. So um, I, I obviously hang out with friends, you know, when I do have a free weekend, I like to go out. Um, mm -hmm. I like to remind myself that I am only 20. I don't need to, you know, always be working. So um, yeah, I try to go out when I can, but yeah, that that's really it. Um, but yeah, I keep, I'm very close to my family, keep in touch with them all the time. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's really cool. And just like you said, remember, you're still so young. You could take a break every once <laughs> yeah. in a while. It's not I'm very bad about it, but I try. That That's what everybody keeps telling me. It's like, hey, you don't have to work all the time. And I'm like, I'm not working. This is fun. And then I try and convince right. myself this is, yeah. So no, and it's true. Cause I'm sure you enjoy what you do, just like yeah. how I enjoy what I do in some aspects. But yeah, there, it's always like, it can become mundane if you let it. So I think mm. it's very important to have time where you're not doing that, even yeah. though you love it. I'm thinking, you know, you just have to kind of have some time doing something else. <laughs> yeah, for sure. hundred percent agree. So 
every guest that comes on the podcast, we play a fun little game to kind of wrap up the uh, podcast. I love it games. Is, <laughs> it's called Rapid Fire Randomness. I have a rapid oh, question God. or a random question generator sitting in front of me, and I'm okay. going to fire off a handful of questions at you, and you just answer them as quickly as the question allows, because sometimes the questions get a little weird. So Okay, I'm ready. All right. Here we go. It's Rapid Fire Randomness. If you could live in another country, which one would you choose? Switzerland. You just became a member of the Spice Girls. What's your spice name? Oh, um, um, nutmeg. <laughs> fair, very fair. Uh, if I were to ask your last supervisor to provide an additional, hold on, wait a minute. If I were to ask your last supervisor to provide you additional training or exposure, what were he or she suggest. I think I read that right. Mm, compute computer technology. I'm terrible with like computer systems. <laughs> we've had this. We've talked about this briefly a little bit ago. Yes. Um, would you rather live your current life in an in an everyday summer or be on holiday forever in everyday winter? Everyday winter. I love winter. It's probably my favorite season. That was a very weird way to word that question. Would you rather yeah, live in all Yeah, I like winter. We'll just go with I like winter. <laughs> okay. Very funny. Um, would you rather be invincible to extreme heat or extreme cold? Extreme heat. Yeah. Would you rather never lose your wallet or never lose your phone? Never lose my wallet because then I can buy a new phone. That's fair. What's the best way to get through a bout of depression? Singing. We just went from like three really random questions to a very serious question. That was, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's why it's called rapid fire randomness. All right. Uh, what is something that you don't have now, but you deserve to have? Um, a significant other. Would you rather the general public think you are a horrible person, but your family is very proud of you, um, or your family think you're a horrible person, but the general public thinks you're a great person? Oh. You know, with my job, I'll have to go with general public, but I think I could win my family over at some point. Very fair. And then the last one. If you could only eat at four restaurants for the rest of your life, what would they be? <gasps> that's such a good question. Oh, that's a hard one. Okay, okay, okay. Let me start. Number one would be Virago. It's a very secret, very cool um, sushi restaurant here in Nashville. My absolute favorite place ever. Yes. Um, I would also say um, a place called Cigars, which is in Destin, Florida. It's a really, really nice um, piano, yes. bar, fine dining mm -hmm. restaurant. Now, for two casual ones, I'd have to go with chipotle and kava okay i was gonna say is she gonna just name off like four like very specific places <laughs> no <laughs> i was like maybe i need to name something people will know that aren't in those areas but yeah um virago if you come to nashville it's a must go i mean they they're it's very hard to get reservations but virago is amazing nice i was sitting there i was like man popeye's chicken has to be in that one <laughs> 
I like, do love Popeye's. I do. It, it's just one of those things where it's like growing up, we only ha- we didn't get it very often. It was like that mm-hmm. special thing you got. Yeah, like a treat. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. because Absolutely. you had to drive like forty five minutes away to mm-hmm. find a Popeye's. Uh, yeah. That's how right. pizza was for me as a kid. I didn't yeah. really love pizza that much, but it, it was always a, a treat growing up. Yeah. If, well, for me, I grew up in the south side of Chicago, so it was like pizza places on every corner. Oh, so, oh God. Yeah. yeah, I bet. Yeah. Definitely. So, But uh, it's been an absolute blast chatting with you. I uh, really yeah, enjoyed this time. Yeah. Uh, if anybody wants to check out your music, uh, interact with you on socials, you know, um, Listen to Be Okay. Where's the best place to get all your information? Yeah, absolutely. I would say all of my information is very easily accessible through my website, which is sarahjmusic.com, S-A-R-A-H, the letter J, music.com. And all of my socials are the same handle at official Sarah J Music. So everything is there. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram and on Spotify. And I can't wait for you guys to hear Be Okay. Thank you so much for letting me talk about it. I really enjoyed speaking with you as well. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, whenever you have the uh, full album ready to release, hey, we might so, have know, to. <laughs> well, you know, whenever we uh, get it figured out. But um, I, I do want to thank you once again for joining us. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, if anybody's familiar with Twitch, we are going to go raid another Twitch channel. A good friend of mine, Taryn Seattle. We're going to go hang out with her. If you have time, feel free to jump on over and hang out. Uh, but in the meantime. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will see you all on Thursday. Yes, that's what day of the week it is. Thank you so much, Tom. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Awesome.